No more clickbait, no more sound bites, and no more videos that are over before you blink. No more being told to click this or to share that because some people think you can't think. Choose a new way of doing things. Choose real people. Choose real stories. Choose the Real Talks podcast. Having spent the large majority of 2016 in New York City, Jamie Clark is back in Ireland and once again strutting his stuff in an Armagh jersey. Renowned for his individual style on the pitch, Jamie is one of the most talented forwards and interesting personalities the modern game has produced. Over the course of the hour, we chat about the positive impact that travelling has had on his life and his outlook, the importance of being authentic and not submitting to stereotypes, and how now, at 27 years of age, Jamie felt a magnetic pull that lured him home from America because ultimately he wants to help leave Armagh football in a better place. If you enjoyed this episode, please do share it online, chat with your friends or throw it into WhatsApp groups. The Real Talks podcast is a new show that is all about highlighting how GA players are far more than just footballers and hurlers. And I really appreciate anyone who helps us to spread the word. This podcast is brought to you thanks to the support of Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, who for over 20 years have been successfully selling, renting and managing property in the greater Dublin area. You can check out their website at kbd.ie, that's kbd.ie, for all your property needs. My name is Alan O'Mara, and you are listening to the fourth episode of the Real Talks podcast. It's getting tempestuous. Played in quickly here towards Jamie Clark. He can turn so quickly. Clark scores his first chance in the match. And that quality shone through. An exquisite finish. Yourself is someone I've looked on at over the years, both as a footballer and as a person who I've absolutely respected in terms of your your individuality and your and your mindset at times. You first came on to my radar in uh, <laughs> it was 2009 Ulster under 21 quarter final. You scored one six on me, so that was where that was when you flagged. But um, I suppose I've been keeping an eye on you since. And what I really wanted to start off today with was the decision to go away to New York last year, and just maybe to talk a little bit about that and sort of what took you there first and foremost, and what that experience was like. Yeah, um, I suppose you know looking back on it now, um, I think as a kid, you know. Going abroad, something I did probably regularly with the family and stuff. And um, I suppose a lot of my friends and social circles that I was in, you know, I had people going up to university in, in England and Spain and stuff like that. So um, seeing their, their kind of, you know, their outlook on things and, and how happy they were away, um, kind of you were, I was a little bit envious of that. And um, I suppose it was just something that, that I wanted to do. So I kind of um, went in smaller breaks when I got the opportunity with football and um, got a taste for it and, and always, you know, wondered what would it be like, you know, just to get away for a while and, and try and live without without it. Is, is it possible for starters? Um, and again, like, obviously the world is a big place and I suppose, you know, the whole idea of living in New York and, you know, that sentimental aspect of it growing up. And um, it was something that I wanted to do and wanted to try. And look, at the time, it was a, it was a really difficult decision. Because um, obviously the love for football's there. And um, I suppose it's the one thing in life that whatever I want to do, it's always going to hold me back, you know. So how long were you in New York for? Um, well, I've been over, I've been going back and forward, you know. Okay. Three or four summers. Um three month periods and um I was kind of getting tar- tired of that because I was thinking I'm not an fully official New Yorker here yeah. you know and um applied for you know the relevant visa and um got my social security number got me New York state ID and you know really felt at home then and um you know I was targeting you know a certain period of over six months you know to, to really blend in and um obviously time over there flies mm-hmm. um but listen, it was a brilliant experience, and um, so his time away was great. And again, it, it it kind of brought back that hunger and you know the realization of what I really wanted. Yes, yeah, so sort of stepping outside of of Ireland for a little while put different things into perspective, was it? Um, exactly. Yeah. Um, 
you know, obviously it, there is the whole idea of, of going away. And again, I could have went to Melbourne, I could have went to New York and set up a life there where I would have been happy and content, you know, to, to, to any other person. But I think when you're part of that GAA circle and you have a mindset that, you know, I, I want to be successful at, at football and this is what I do, then, then it's always going to pull at you. And, um, you know, ultimately it's, it got me in the end, you know. Yeah, I'll, like I, I'll come back to the, I, I will come back to the football and yeah, touch yeah. upon that decision to come back and, and how yeah. that's been. But sort of just sticking with out there or sticking to being out there. Yeah. What was what was day to life, day to day life like out there? What were you up to? Or what actually had you there? What were you doing? Yeah. So I am. Um, I was. Um, I went through the Ireland Institute of Pittsburgh. Um, I used my my background, which is which is marketing. And um, look, it was a ch- it was a chance and opportunity I got. Um, I met a friend out there. Um, who owns a number of bars out there and um he was based in Manhattan which was which was ideal for me you know and um big GA man as well and um it was great to get involved with him and obviously he showed me the ropes in terms of how his business worked and and his business model and stuff like that so the people I met and were introduced out there were were unbelievable you know what I mean like it's in terms of networking sure. there's nothing like it you know I've met people in the fashion industry and the coffee industry and you know, and it was great to bounce around and, and get ideas of different people and just how they, how like, got an insight into their day-to-day lives. And, you know, again, it, I was kind of taking what I've learned off them back mm-hmm. and tried to put it in context for myself. And, you know, is this what, what I want? Is this what this is what it could be? This is what it would be like? And, again, I was trying to find myself. And, you know, I, th- I thought New York was the place to do that, you know. You say learning off other people, and so the first question I have is: these people that you're meeting and networking with, are they New Yorkers? Are they Irish American? Are you getting outside the GA bubble, or is yeah, it... no, it's definitely outside the yeah. GA bubble. Yeah, it was like there was times where I was really outside my comfort zone. Um, I was meeting people in the fashion industry that had you know wealth of experience that you know were dealing with you know big celebrities on a daily basis and stuff. Like What's that, that like? It was weird initially, but um, it's it's funny when you actually meet the people um, themselves that they're they're actually pretty much down the earth and they're they're their own people, um, and they're just any they're just a normal normal people. I think the thing about New York is is that the more you're there, the more you kind of forget about that whole you know the where you are, the whole celebrity status, the movies. You see different things happening all the time and. You know, when you're there, you know that you have to get the working time. You kind of get frustrated. It's just like anywhere else when you fit in, you know. Um, but yeah, um, people like I met a lot of people from Ireland that have moved abroad and have settled in New York and are are loving life over there and have been really successful. And um, you know, again, they've shared their experiences with me, and they're always keen. I think the good thing about Irish people is they're always keen to help you out. Um, particularly over there and they want to share their experiences and try and nearly persuade you to, you know, to give it a real go and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I think ultimately as well, they do have your best interests at heart. And um, speaking to close friends out there, they, they knew that um, something wasn't right with me. And look, they would they would um, put it to me like, you can go, go home, do your thing. And this place will always be here for you if you ever want to come back. So, um, you know, it was nice... To meet people like that along the way, yeah, the people, like obviously different, different environments, different culture. You mentioned about sort of looking to find yourself a little bit. Um, the obvious question is, been, did being over there help you? Help you do? Did you get what you wanted from that trip? Yeah, of course. And I, look, I, th- I think it, it can come across wrong at times. Um, I think again, I, I just wanted to be honest to myself. And um, when you say to somebody, you know, I'm trying to find myself, or whatever. People, you know take it the wrong way but I think this this guy could be a little lost here or whatever but again ultimately it's just being honest I think there's way too many people um, that are doing things that they don't want to do just because you know it's a social norm and it's it's you know what's seen as acceptable and um, I'm very I'm very much not that person you know so um, you know again um, for me personally it took a lot of courage to do what I did, particularly in the likes of Cross and the club and stuff. Yes. That, you know, where it can be frowned upon. Um, the media, obviously, um, up north, you know, are, 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 are can tend to follow your, your life story. So 
Um, you know, it was difficult in that regard, particularly for family and stuff like that. Um, because I would be a worrier at times and um you know, it can it can be annoying, but um I suppose like once you get away you actually realise that you know, when you go to speak to people over there that they don't even know what's going on. So um you know, it is it is it is different, you know. Yeah, it's like I've only been to New York a little bit. I suppose I just, the reason I was asking that question is I spent three months in San Francisco a couple of couple of years ago and I would have used a similar sen- like, sentence that was like I was sort of going to find myself or yeah, yeah. not even find myself just sort of you want to experience yeah just something things, different exactly. and I suppose just get out of your comfort zone really yeah, exactly. was, was a little bit for me yeah. but actually even though you're over there and you're, you're doing all these things and you're getting in those different circles yeah. your sort of your your desire or your, your urge to play sports still still kicks in over there doesn't it you're playing a bit over there yeah I was um, I was actually playing a lot of soccer yeah um, you know, again, it would have been love growing up. Would have played a lot of street soccer and um, played for Dundalk for a bit. And um, obviously, with the Gale, I couldn't really play both. So um, I suppose it was a chance to, you know, give it a lash and um, really enjoyed it over there. Mm. Met people from all around the world, and you know, I met one of their midfielders was played in Paul Scholes' testimonial in Old Trafford. Right. I had their centre half was the captain of Port Vale. You okay. Know, played in the FA Cup. Um. So we'd a we'd a real good team and. The standard was was quite high, so um, it was a great experience being meeting new people. But still, there was that you know that drive because you're part of that that sports circle, and um, you know it did it did keep me fit as well, which is another plus. So um, yeah, loved it, loved it, and still love still loved uh, you know the soccer as well. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't know that you played a good bit when you were younger, because um, I remember seeing that there was there was a story did the rounds at one stage that you were playing. New York Red Bulls, I think, was it? Yeah. <laughs> Where did that come out of? I think I, I think that came from the fact that um Kevin Grogan, um, who was our coach, um, he was on the United's books when he was younger and um, you know, had a bad injury and obviously ruled him out. But he has he has great contacts over there and um he works a lot with David V in terms of his soccer schools and stuff and um Kevin has been known to put people through um, take them up to the next level before and um, you know the option was there for me um, he mentioned it to me before I went home if, if you want to have a go at the next level um, it's there for you if you want it and um, deep down I, I was just honest with him I said deep down that you know I don't love it I don't think I love it enough as, as I love Gaelic so okay. um, I, I want to be back playing on, on the big stage at home you know yeah, that decision, um, so before I go to the decision to come home, you mentioned earlier on around the, the travel aspect and sometimes yeah. squeezing bits to travel in within seasons and, and when you could. Yeah. I'd imagine that was obviously really difficult when, you're, when your club situation is prolonged more often yeah. than not with Cross. And then it rolls straight, like by the time Cross finishes up, National League has already started. Uh, but so it obviously takes conviction and courage to, to call your periods in between and say, listen, I'm, I'm going away. So I was just actually wondering where else have you been to or Sorry, what other what other spots in the world have yeah. you have you took in at times? Um, yeah, I've done I've done the whole South American thing. Um, that was kind of a backpacking, interrailing right. um, stint. Um, I've done Australia and Canada, and I suppose again, it's the war periods where I was actually maximising my profile in terms of Gaelic, and you know, again, it was providing opportunities, and um, but I think ultimately, Paris probably and Europe are. I've noticed from being around different continents that that are my favorite places. Okay, I'm not sure whether it's the culture and the historical aspects of it and the people in general, um, but I just seem to, to fit in that yes, little bit better. Paris, yeah, exactly. So have you spent decent chunks of time there? Then? Yeah, I have friends over there who I okay. met. I met in New York. Um, I was living with them in Brooklyn for a while, and, right? Um, we're keeping close contact on a daily basis, and. Um, I suppose now it's 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 a great for me whenever I get a chance that it's only an hour and a flight. It's again, it's it's not. It, I don't see it as a as a big trip of such. And whenever I get a chance, I'll I'll shoot over there. You know. What is it about Paris that lures you in? Um, I guess I guess it's a number of things. Um, I think probably initially it it goes back to the likes of Zinedine Zidane and those type of footballers and Thierry Henry and their their kind of class and charisma. Um. And then again the whole fashion aspect of it and um 
I just think it's it's a cool place. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of history to it. Um, you know, it hasn't. It never really changes that much when you go over. And again, it's just a place that I love, and um, it's it's difficult to put your a finger on exactly what it is, but it's the simple things that I love from it. You know, just even the way they do things, like yeah. the way they can ha- sit and have a coffee. It's it's their mannerisms and stuff like that. Just their day, the actual day to day life. Exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah, because I would have. I mentioned San Francisco earlier on as well. That was the first time probably I felt was walking in the city, and I just I just felt it. I just was like, I like like I like yeah. being here. Yeah, like I, I intend to go back there at some stage, and it's yeah. like there's no there's no grand plan around, but yeah. it's it's more it's more of a feeling I think, or just like sure, I actually yeah. feel this is I don't know if yeah I feel like I fit in or I feel like yeah. I belong here. I think I'm just thinking there, so like like you've been like Paris and New York, obviously two big histories or two big cities with lots of history yeah. and tradition. Um, you're back in in Dublin at the moment. How how do those three cities compare? I suppose, or it's probably it's a very broad yeah. question. Or even been back in Dublin. How does how does Dublin compare to those other places? Or yeah, it's it's funny. Um, before I went, I was probably a little bit close minded on on Dublin. Um, and again, coming back, I've just I've just made it. You know, you know, said to myself, I'm coming back here with an open mind, and um, I would keep a diary and um, just jotting different things down about about what what I want to get from it for myself. And you know, again, everything is what you make of it for yourself. And um, in terms of, of a city and its diversity, it's Dublin's it's it's second to none. And um, you know, again, I'm I'm in a better place than I was going away. And again, going away, I don't regret it. Even though I missed a year with Armagh, um, I don't regret going away because, again, if I'm I'm personally in a better place. Um, you know, I'm coming back. I'm I'm hungry to play football again, and um, I'm I'm living in one of the major cities of Europe. So again, I can't complain. And and again, I'm just really looking forward to, you know, getting stuck into, into the city itself. Yeah, I was going to ask you about, obviously about the decision to come home. I think you've you've already touched upon it once or twice around mm-hmm. sort of, if it's that draw or, or a passion for football, sort of. Even if you're away, it's obviously still yeah. lurking and and on in the background exactly. somewhere. And was was that one of the fundamental reasons for for coming back? Um, it was the only reason. Really? Yeah, yeah. Football. I think if I didn't play Gaelic and Ireland, I probably wouldn't be here. You know what okay. I mean? So. Um. Yeah. Again, it's it's it is is the the whole idea of of playing football, and I I think in the past I was very much, you know, drawn to actually just constantly winning and winning and winning. It's all about about winning, and but I think ultimately now that all you can do is is give your best. I know that, and um, you know, like I'll train as hard as I can, I'll play as as best I can, and you know, ultimately it's about leaving our man a better place. You know, um, if it happens, if you know, we win an All Ireland. It happens if it it doesn't, then the next generation does, and you know, well and good. But um, I think you know it's important to leave ego out of it, and I think it, everyone has their ego, and it can. Of course, you do. You know, and it's it is difficult to to leave that out of it, and you want to be, you know, you want to be in Crow Park week after week, come August and and September, and you know, but ultimately it's it's about it's about leaving our man in the right place, you know. So when you're away and you're thinking about football and obviously because it's a decision to come home, what are the things that you miss the most when you're when you're weighing up? Will I go back? Will I not? What are the things that you say I miss that and I want to go back for that? Um, I suppose for me it, it was um, there were a few different things. You know, it was even just the the whole idea of training. Um, like there are there are aspects where I thought I didn't like, like what, like driving to training and warm ups and things like that and. It's actually that that was the kind of stuff that I loved and missed, you know. Really? And, yeah, and being around my teammates and, um, you know, I don't take any of it for granted now, which is, which is great. Um, but bus journeys, like, down south to play to play a league game, like, it's I love being a part of that. And um, those were the little things that, you know, probably I thought irritated me, but it was obviously something something bigger than that, you know. Um, but again, it, it's just that stability, I suppose, of... Of looking after yourself, your diet, um, you know, again, it's you're, you're, again. I suppose when you're here, um, you're a leader, and you have a as I suppose as a county player, you have a role to play in terms of of kids and in, in terms of your community and, and what you bring to it. And you know, I think ultimately people do look up up to you, and you know, it's important that that as a, as a you know a county player that you recognise that and 
you know, you can offer something to people, you know, that they can take from it. And um, I felt that was a big part of it as well, you know. And does that does that idea or that notion of being able to leave a positive legacy for Armagh or for yourself or for your community, is that something that, that, that lures you back in? Does that appeal to you? Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, again, like I said, as a kid, you're... You, you, Obviously, you have your bigger ego when you come on to the team under twenty one. You're young, get you're a young guy running about playing, playing for your county and scoring um, one six on me. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you can easily get caught up in in the bit in the hype and stuff. And I know it does pass you by pretty quick. But um, look, when I when I retire, it's all about for me. It's all about that the legacy and you know, and I want to be remembered probably by you know that guy give it all for. You know, when he was on the field, he gave it all for our man. And um, he brought along some young young guys with him, and you know, he helped the team. So, um, so it's basically that's what what you want. You yeah, know, what age? Like, what age are you now? I'm twenty seven. Twenty seven. So, I was to be straight out with it. Like, that's when you're you're sort of approaching like those towards those late twenties, getting yeah, close yeah. to the thirty marker. Do you see? Do you feel the time window starting to close on um, your opportunity to do that as well? Surprisingly not, because no. I've kept my mind open about it. Um, you know. To me, I still feel I still feel as young as I've, I've felt. Um, you know, again, I I'm not targeting thirty thirty one. That's one times like I, I don't see why you know you can't have a longer you know a span depending on how you're playing, obviously. And if I still feel like I, I can perform at the top level, then and and add something to to the Armand cross, then then I'll then I'll keep playing and um, until I'm a hindrance and you know no longer you know needed or whatever then I think that's when I'll I'll call it a day yeah one of the things when as when I was asking you around sort of the life or the, the lifestyle and what drew you back it seemed to be that the, the actual lifestyle the the day-to-day things that you got to do the structure of it does that does that appeal to you at the stage of life that you're at now um yeah because when you do go away you do have your fun you do things that probably you would never have got a chance to do because of Gaelic and Again, I think it's good to get that out of the system. So you you've done it. You know what it's about, and there's yeah. no regret there with that. You know what I mean? Because you have you have experienced it. Um, but again, it's coming back. People actually gain. Like I said, people look up to what you do. You know the the fact that you can go to your day job. You know, eat your your whatever you eat. You know what I mean? Like they, you notice people looking at you, what you're eating, what your the amount of water you're drinking, and um. Again, you're a role model to people, and you you probably don't even recognize it. Um, but again, it is it is that whole, you know, lifestyle of, of being an elite athlete, I suppose, if you like to call it. Yeah, like I think one of the one of the big things that's come across the previous conversations that we've had on the podcast is that that elite athlete or that lifestyle brings a huge amount of positives yeah. and does enhance your life off the field as exactly, well. Yeah, because uh, there is definitely learnings and lessons that can be that cross over and and that do enhance you. I suppose one of the questions that I was thinking of there is um, so there's Jamie Clark the footballer and you're, you're looking at that and you're thinking you want more and you want you want to make an impact but also acutely aware there's, there's Jamie Clark the person too yeah. who's got different interests away from football how do you feel about that relationship now in terms of the balance is that something you're aware of and trying to manage or uh, yeah for sure um, again I, I see it as a positive um, like like I would have been fully focused on on the football aspect of it, you know, up until now. Um, still, I'm still I'm extremely focused, of course, and love the whole idea of of being an elite athlete. And you know, anybody that I suppose calls us, I know, I know by name, it, it's an amateur sport. But anybody that calls, you know, would call me an amateur. I would take it as an insult, um, because I don't live like an amateur. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't think I play or perform like an amateur. So, um. But yeah, I, I guess there is that balance now that um, I suppose it comes with, you know, putting bread on the table. And um, again, I suppose it's about maximising um, the Gaelic and, and work life and, you know, even trying to put the two together and, and try and get the best out of myself, you know, on and off the pitch. Yeah, around around other passions, because I, I, you, you mentioned fashion once yeah. or twice, you were talking, and obviously the culture dynamic as well is, is of interest to you. Might just explore that a little bit, a bit more. Where that sort of, where that comes from, or are you still passionate about it? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I think I suppose the whole coffee fashion, the whole there's a like a 
the whole concept of that whole lifestyle brand thing is still it's still you know I'm still really passionate about it and um again I suppose when I was away you know I'm taking bits and pieces from everyone and, um you know it's just a huge interest I have and I know I would be a keen follower of it um particularly the fashion and um you know again I've friends in Paris who are um who work in fashion and um you know it's great that when you're when you're over there you're getting introduced to the people in, in that industry and you know obviously I'm I'd be I'm so I'm getting closer to to Paul Paul Galvin here who's done you know I think he's done unbelievably yeah. well and um you know again it's it's people like that that you know I kind of look up to and um that actually break the mold and and do what they believe in and do what's you know despite what people say and you know they take the criticism and you know put it to one side and still and continue to do their thing and um you know and, and are very successful at it so again look it's something that you know I, I am keeping in mind um again I'm still only 27 and um I don't want to juggle too many things at the moment because um I don't think it's possible to to give your best that if you're if you've too many irons in the fire you know um, but again, it's something that that I'll, I'll keep keep on the table, you know. Yeah, was, I'm glad you said that point because one of the things that I certainly wanted to do through the podcast was was challenge certain stereotypes. Um, and really, what the whole thing for me is about is, is showing that you know lads play football and they play hurling, but there's also a yeah. lot more going on, and it, and it's okay to be interested in different yeah. things too. That's certainly lads like, like you're 27 now and I'm 26 and you get that little bit further on down the exactly, line you think yeah. okay it's okay to like I can be interested whatever I want exactly, now yeah. and sometimes particularly younger players I think just fall in into the stereotypes yeah. a little bit so it's a really good point I think you made well I think if, if you look at like there's the amount of people that have actually reached out to me um, even through whether it's fashion coffee travelling mm-hmm. you know that you could tell that they were scared before to actually you know you know even if it's putting up a picture, they were actually afraid to do it. And I found that, like, what's what's the, the problem, you know what I mean? And it is, again, it is just, it's, it's, it's their social circles and that whole stereotype of being macho and that Gaelic footballer, like, it's, you know, it's... Yeah. Do you, like, do you find, like, because this would have been something I've thought about a lot, like, do you find that unusual, like, in a world of, right, in a world of, like, social media where people are constantly putting this out and that out and perception of themselves that... But there's a lot of there's certain people that are actually struggling to be true to themselves exactly, and express yeah. themselves. Do you ever think about that or? Um, yeah, of course. And but um, like like I was saying there, there are people that you know, it's particularly young young people that you know are you can tell are really interested in in a, a certain aspect of whether it's like I said, whether it's coffee or fashion, but they're kind of holding back a bit from themselves because you know what I mean because of that social status and because of who they're expected to be and mm-hmm. um, again I, I think they're breaking out of the mold more and more and I think that just comes with society moving on And but the likes of yourself Paul Galvin that help those people do that and you know that's why it's great you know to, you know, to step away from your comfort zone and, and experience these things you know no, it's brilliant. Like it's, it's, it's something I feel passionate about. That that one of the concepts that always stuck with me was that idea of wearing a mask. So like when you went to football training, you have to be this certain guy in a yeah, certain yeah, dressing yeah. room. And I love just hearing stories of different people going actually like just moving yeah. off that because there's loads of more people out there that want to be interested in yeah. different things. And I'm still curious as to what draws you into fashion a little bit. Um, I know Paul has done really good work in that area. Is that is that an area you see yourself pursuing down the line? Um, potentially, yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for myself, it's I don't know. I, I just always had that natural kind of. It would, I don't want to be kind of egotistical about it, but it just seemed to come naturally to me. I don't know whether, you know, the whole I I had a knife for if you like to say, um, and I just I enjoy yeah. I enjoy that aspect of things, and um, I suppose it's an area where, you know, it's. it's the markets it's people are getting becoming more and more interested in, mm-hmm. in how they dress and um and and becoming more open on it because of like back in the day men wouldn't be seen to be you know into the into that into that area and um 
again, it's, it's, it comes with society, I suppose, but, um, again, it's just a natural interest, I suppose, I have for it, you know? Yeah, like, and the coffee one you meant, like, the coffee you mentioned there a few times as well, like, like the coffee's pretty in Dublin here, like, yeah. it's just exploded in the exactly, last few yeah. years. Um, and it's, like, it's, it's, it's bordering on becoming mainstream now, I think, exactly, it? like, whereas, yeah. probably a year or two well, ago, I, I, think, I think, for, like, the likes of myself, I yeah. find that quite frustrating, you know. Yeah, so I'm just that's why I'm asking it. Yeah, your, your little niche kind of thing on the side and stuff right. like that. But like, you go to a quiet coffee shop or what you thought was a quiet coffee shop now, and it can be there can be a queue out the door. Like you'll go to read a book, but you'll obviously have to pick somewhere else because <laughs> there's a queue out the door, you know. Um, but yeah, I suppose it was that just little thing away from football on the side mm. that that I would have been interested in and. Um, Look, it's 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 a growing market, but again, like I said, it's probably something that that I had an A for. Mm. I always see these things kind of taking off, and um, again, there is that link to the whole coffee and fashion. And towards the end, I went through. I did go through that hipster phase for a while. <laughs> but, um, that was a college, but yeah. Um, again, it's just I suppose just continuing on. You know, you mentioned about going into a into a coffee shop there with a book to read a book, whatever. Is that something you value, like for in terms of balancing your own lifestyle, if it's work and sport, and having a little escape here and there, or, or you time, whatever you want to call it? Is that something you would, yeah, you would, for you sure, would, you um, do? Yeah, because I think nowadays, even in that sporting environment, you can always get caught up in your phone, whether you're on Twitter, you're on yeah. Instagram, checking all the time, you know, for news and stuff like that. So, you know, I do value. Um, you know, my friend circles and stuff. Like, obviously, I live with Kevin, Kevin Dias up here in Dublin. And, you know, we we go out of our way, you know, to get out and actually have, whether it's have a coffee in town or whatever, and just to have a chat, mm. you know. And, just zone out. Yeah, or just go away to a park or something and, and kick about because it's it's taking all that in. And it's, it's we don't want to leave that behind as opposed to just laying on the couch on our phone. So, um you know, it is good to get out and, and again, it refreshes things and definitely and it freshens um, your brain up as well, you know. You mentioned bringing, if you were bringing a book in with you, what would, what would be on your reading list? What what sort of stuff would you go with? It depends, obviously, Andy McNulty's book at the minute. Um, it, it, I suppose there's always one I always keep, I would always read different things, you know, I would... Um, but would you stay in the sports genre or would you... No, not, not you really, not at all. Skip out? Um, I would have those type of books for sport. Mm-hmm. Um, personally for myself I like to read different types of literature like classic um, I love Ernest Hemingway yeah yeah. so just different books like that um, fiction as well and um, again I suppose it's something that um, I want to learn um, that I probably didn't learn enough of at school or whatever is that even Irish history and history in general and the classics um, Samuel Beckett and things like that so it's um, I want to get interested and try and learn as much as I can about that as well, you know. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's like, like well, this constant strand that's come up with the lads previously is around that balance piece. And I think it's something that, like, there's no right or wrong. There's no set way. Like, yeah. no one can give you three bullet points and say, there you go, you'll be yeah, grand, exactly, you have yeah. the balance. Um, but bringing it back then, I suppose, to the, the footballing aspect, like, you're someone as, as a young guy, you probably, you, well, you burst onto the scene in 2010, was yeah, it? Senior, yeah. At senior level, yeah. was that your debut? Pharma, yeah. Yeah. Um and obviously you'd had you'd had the club you'd had been a good spell with yeah. with Cross, you're you're on the radar with the twenty one team. Does sort of arriving on the senior scene like that with, with a goal in your first game, yeah. Yeah, first uh, start. and I think first star and was follow up with two goals against Donegal. Yeah, yeah. Does that does that bring a lot of expectation on you as a young man? Like what age are you at that stage? Twenty maybe? Yeah, still twenty. I yeah. just turned twenty, um, not not really. I was. I kind of think I embraced it, um, because I had broken to the senior team across as sure. well the year before, and um, we had won Ulster, and got to an All Ireland club final, played in Ulster under twenty one final, mm-hmm. and I had experience as well. So, um, it wasn't. It didn't feel like an overly big step up. The game was still quite open back then. You know what I mean. So it was. I suppose there were obviously mistakes that I was making as a young and I would and I was trying different things and it was kind of a free spirit really going into it and um, I had Stephen I was playing alongside Stephen McDonald yeah. with 
account, you know, she'd been coming with a cross. Okay. So I was, You're in good hands yeah, as well I there. Was, and I, was, yeah. I was in my element as well. Okay. And again, even at that age, I suppose I was, I was still trying to be the main man, like, you know, um, whether we forget a penalty with cross or arm, or she and Steve would step up, whereas I'd get wicked. Yeah. It should be me hitting this, you know. So, right. Um, and again, it's, I suppose it was just a drive I had from a young age and um, I kind of believe that that I that I can be the best at the top level and um, I was I was confident enough to take to take that burden, you know. I love the I love the term you use there, free spare. Like because I think I think they think about sport. For me, that's sort of what sport was invented for. Yeah, was to be a place to go and express yourself and to be that free spirit. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you obviously took great joy from that, in, especially in your younger days. Did you? Um. Yeah, I think you could get away with it a lot more. Um, you know, you could afford to kick the ball wide now. Um, there was no, <laughs> or back in the day, like now there's stats on everything, mm-hmm. and um, which I love, like which I love because it, it betters you as a player. Um, but yeah, it was it just again. I think it came with with being such a young person that you're going out doing things and um, we're trying things, and you could get away with it now. And obviously play a more of a leadership role and want to make sure that I set the right example. And um, I still would encourage a lot of the younger players to come in. That still, you know, don't be afraid to have a go or try things. And mm. um, obviously we stick to the game plan and stick to our system. But if the opportunity arises, you know, do your thing and you know stick to what you've learned as a young person. So um, I would still encourage that in a way. You know, when you when you make the breakthrough with that at twenty. Like growing up, obviously as a big fan, like Oshin and Stephen had yeah. obviously been big heroes or, yeah. or big role models yours, were they? Um yeah, for sure. Obviously the O two final, I think yeah. most most Arma kids and supporters around that age were always looked up to particularly those two guys as as the main scoring forwards. Um I listen, it was it was a great experience. Like they passed on on their knowledge to me, you know, and um I think the big thing for me was is that I still felt my own man mm. even at that age. Um, I still felt that I brought something unique to the game that maybe it hadn't been seen before or whatever. That obviously they had their own style. I wanted to have my own style. I didn't want to be classed as you know the next such and such or whatever. So um, again, it's it's I suppose most players are like that as well. You know. It's, you, would it be fair to say that you have and have a particular eye for goals and that was something that you would you have emphasized or focused on that in your career um yeah i think i think there were in the early the early stages of my career when i was getting goals um i think i still weren't a lot of them weren't goal chances that would generally happen in within a game you know so um you're told to take points and, yeah. and you know what I mean that whole play like, percentage exactly. stuff exactly and if you look at Kevin McManaman it's the same like he has an eye for gold like people don't realise that you still have have confidence in your own ability like I would have confidence um, in my ability to get the ball and you can see things happening within that moment that you know you can see whether it's a runner taking someone away whether it's a one-two getting the ball back whatever mm-hmm. that you can see a goal opportunity out of some something that people probably don't see, and again, obviously goals are vital. And sure, you know if you get two two in a game, or whatever, then you know they can definitely sway it. You know, so um, I still that's why I still think goals are a big part of of of, of the game. You know, yeah, I ask about I ask you about it because like as a goalkeeper, um, like I feel a lot of the time with players at the moment, like the the actual knack or skill of you talked about is is creating the goal chance. Yeah, is almost leaving the game and it's lads are sort of told that if the goal chance comes to you take it yeah. as in that one that slapped across the goal or like you you mentioned Kevin there the goal he scored Russ recently Cameron. against it was common like, yeah. like, you know, like most coaches would say like recycle the ball turn it exactly. and you could just literally as soon as he gets the ball he's yeah. like I'm on my bike yeah. like there's a goal on here and I just love that I just, it's that, that instinctive side of things he obviously senses that like doubling her up yeah. by what there was common guys are probably deflated aren't expecting you know, I'm probably expecting him to recycle the ball, and um, 
you know, again, it's, it's just that kind of um, ruthlessness that, that that probably gets him in there in the first place, you know. Do you think, do you think that sort of, that skill or that that ability to maybe create a chance rather than said wait come to does it does it add to the game? Do you think it makes a bit makes it a better oh, game to sure. watch? Yeah, yeah, and I think even the way the game has moved defensively, that like a cutting edge pass mm. looks better and it is better now, which is which is a, I like that aspect of it that a good pass is seen as you know a good attribute now that completely like you know in the whereas in the past that the past couple of years it was all it was a fist passing game and. You know, nobody. People were still had were still afraid nearly mm. to kick us against the blanket defense. For this is becoming more and more. It is. I think yeah. it is slowly yeah. evolving out of that. But to going back to if the blanket defense is like as you're sort of going, if you're edging into your twenties, you're 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 on this, you're on the RMR team more and more. You're obviously becoming more recognised, and with that yeah. comes more targeting. Exactly. Yeah. How just as a, just from a forward perspective, and as, as like in full, in particularly in the full forward line, how do you cope or or or, or Navigate that because I'd imagine it's frustrating at times. Yeah, again, it, there is a the, there's a learning um, curve that comes with it. Um, I was getting frustrated, you know, um, just in terms of not getting as much ball. Um, whether that's like I said, like the whole ego thing that you have to obviously <laughs> accept that um, what's best for the team here. Whether if I take two or three players out to the wing, then just space for someone else. Exactly. So. Um, it was accepting that I think initially. Um, Is that hard to accept? Initially, initially it, it was, but um, again, I feel like I've got fitter. Um, you know, I've been working on my strength and um, you know even even stamina at, at at the moment as well. So I think you know I've been working on my movement and and you know trying to prolong that for a longer period of time during the game. And um, obviously, it, there there comes a challenge, and I I love that. You know, I. I'm glad it's not all easy mm. because I I probably would get bored of it, you know. Um, but again, it was a challenge for me, and there were times where I was, you know, I could blame the ref. Why has he's given me fouls against me, and it's not even too long, you know what I mean? And um, there are different aspects where you do get frustrated, but um, again, I think I've I've slowly grown out of that, and. Um, Again, there will be times in the future, and it, again, it's a bit dealing with that, and I think I'm I'm better equipped to deal with with those those situations now. You know. Yeah, like you mentioned there around um, looking to improve your stamina and, and looking to improve your strength, is that something that maybe your head's come around to more in recent years? Would you like when you were younger? Would you have looked at or relied on that sort of that talent or that natural ability to try and navigate problems oh, a little sure, bit more? Because I was getting away with it. Yeah. I think I was getting away with it early on, and. Um, I had good balance, always had good balance, so I was using my balance, you know, I was like, for example, if somebody hit me a shoulder, I would use my balance to go the opposite direction. Mm-hmm. And again, it's, it's obviously, it's, I still use that and still wouldn't want to lose that. But um, again, it's, again, it's just, I think it's just accepting that I will be better by doing different things and improving in different areas of my game because um, I think, you know, skill level, it's like if you keep working on your skill level and doing the same thing over and over again, then you're going to get the same results. Yeah. So, it's, again, it's, it's just improving on different aspects of my game that, that I needed to, to, to work on and, you know, we'll continue to just try and be as, as best I can be. Yeah, because we, we played you a couple of years ago in Championship. It was, um, what year was it in? It was in our market. 2013, we played you in. Like been just been been blunt and straight about it. like our game plan was was a sweeper and the sweeper was going to be staying yeah. within ten yards of you for the entire yeah, game yeah. right so like even though I look back and think of that now so for us like we we need to snuff you out that's our yeah. job got to do that um so every Cavan fan on the ground doesn't care about what that looks like or how that happens exactly. once that happens I'd say every other neutral around the country wants to see the forward getting on the ball yeah. don't they yeah um so it's just around that frustration piece do you think. Do you think players and teams now are becoming smarter at navigating those sort of obstacles, I suppose, that are put in front of them in terms of inhibiting their attack? Absolutely, you know, and again, it's I suppose it's about teams developing different strategies and different ideas of how to, to break down, you know, a defence. Mm-hmm. Like, you look at Dublin at the minute, the more players you have or that have quality and can, you know, demonstrate that in a big game, then there's just too many players to watch and you know, just too much to cope with, you know what I mean? And um 
like if you try and stop Bernard Brogan and put the blanket in front of him, you have Paul Flynn and Jamie Connolly coming running at you. So again, you know, for ourselves, it's trying to um, to utilize our, our all of our players and in, in different aspects. And um, you know, we're working very hard, and at the minute, we're very we're still very young, mm. and um, you know, I suppose for ourselves, getting back in the Division Two, Division One is will help us and. Um, and I suppose what stands to us at the minute is that people probably wouldn't see us as, you know, a, a big a big top five team at mm-hmm. the minute. And um I think that will stand to us because again it's hungry to to prove to people that you know that we are that we are good enough because you know, Kieran always says it, which is true, that most players around the country are at the same level and can do the same things. It's just within that team environment that um and that mental kind of strength and you know that knowledge that you, you get whether it's through your club or or through the county you're in that you know like for example everyone thinks Kerry are the, the greatest team in football but just because of previous generations yeah. have I think won. they can kick past the ball better than everyone else because exactly. they're from Kerry like. and because they're wearing green and gold yeah. you know so um, again it's just getting that you know getting out of that mental state and um, just focusing on yourself and your own job that you know, I think ultimately it's it's about getting in that position where, um, like for ourselves, if people are still dwelling probably on on the O two mm. team, like it was nearly twenty years from that now. So, um, again, the current group of players want to make their own history, but um, we know that we have to leave ego out of it and and just continue to work hard and and, and try and be as best we can be. You know. And you're like come back to yourself. You're all like I've said. We've, we've we've talked about the decision to come home when you want to apply to football, and and really row in behind that and try and and try and add to Armagh football. Yeah. And do you see it as the, like the age profile you're at, the stage of life you're at, with maybe some perspective that you picked up from travelling? Do you see it a bit as your as your role to be a leader within that and help help that transition that you've talked through there around mental if it's mental strength and yeah. those those are the skills like say Kieran would have been talking about. Yeah. And again, for sure, like and I don't think it necessarily means by talking shit all the time or whatever because I'm not a big talker anyway mm-hmm. in the changing room and um, I suppose it's the realisation that people do look up to you and I suppose I didn't kind of realise that at, a, at an early age and um, again, do, you, do you see more of that now? Like, do I do see- yeah and I, again I'll still not I, like I said I'll still not like talk on about it but mm-hmm. Again, I'm, I'm I'm trying. I'm learning all the time as well myself, and um, I'm just trying to give the best advice that that I have really. And you know, obviously, I've learned from you know some great people, and again, trying to share different things like that with with some of the younger boys, and just try and help them as best I can. You know. Yeah, I'll I'll finish up with the like on the football side. I'll finish up with this question. Like, I suppose the perception of you say from you know we've talked about stereotypes and all that yeah, stuff yeah. already will be of a very natural sort of laid back forward old style but one of the things I'm struck as you're talking to there is and I, I may be wrong and correct me if I am yeah. you're a quite deep thinker about the game are you? I, for sure it's, it's yeah. a love I love the game I'm passionate about it and um, it definitely I, did, I definitely think that people can put you in a stereotype like a bracket if you like mm-hmm. um, I do probably come across a bit laid back but um Again, I suppose it's that accepting that, you know, it's I, I'm not too worried about what other people think. Yeah, to be no, honest, because the one that always jumps out is is Mesut Ozil playing with Arsenal. Everyone says he's lazy and he doesn't run basically. Yeah. But like, I remember reading one of those actual GPS and it, like his stats were in the highest three or four yeah. of, of both teams in the game. And yeah. so it's just that, yeah. Well, it's people's perceptions, but it's the, the thing I was more the thing I was more taken there by is actually the level of people around you and. and, and are you, are you more aware of the people around you now from the experience that you've been through? Yeah, for sure. And uh, like I would always try and surround myself with good people. Um, and um, I really appreciate the fact that people do want to help me. And mm-hmm. um, again, it's learning from those. And I'm just trying to, to show a lot of humility and try and try and give back what, you know, the opportunities that I've got. And again, I think that's it's just part of life and part of your role. And um you know, part of my role is was within the GAA circles and um, what I can give back to the younger people in particular coming through because I know as a kid this like it meant the world to me as a kid and, and there are kids out there who is 
you know the same rules apply to and um you know if if one kid stays on you know and, and wants to play for Armagh because of me then you know that's that's a success you know yeah like the being be more aware of others and and sort of been been tuned into that if it's emotional intelligence or if it's just empathy or compassion and again correct me if you if you think I'm wrong here but uh-huh. I think to have that skill set it actually starts off by becoming self aware first and foremost yeah. um and I just I go back to do you feel the the traveling aspect and and if it was just last year take, taking a step away yeah does that heighten that that understanding or, or that awareness of those traits do you think oh for sure and I think even the fact like like you do make mistakes because so who doesn't like yeah no but yeah. You, you think you realize that like mm. when you take you strip back the whole Gaelic thing and you're just a normal person and the fact that you go and do that and you work in an environment where you're not seen as you know an elite figure then you know it really does hit home that is that grounding for sure yeah. for sure and it, it just makes you more appreciative of things mm. and um i suppose you take a step back and you're in a situation where you're probably you know at the bottom of the ladder and you're looking at people that are at the top of the ladder and you're looking at their arrogance and 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 it's just you're thinking jeez am i like that mm. hope i'm not like that you know and again i suppose it's 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 that that you know is probably the most valuable aspect you can take from from everything you know with that in mind i suppose um moving forward what's what's the vision you have for yourself as an individual at the moment in terms of where you're at and where you're going uh-huh. what does what does that picture look like in your mind um i'm starting with the bank of ireland now um, yeah. next week um you know it's a big it's a big opportunity from for me um i'm really excited with the venture um and that's it's the digital marketing side is it yeah well it's digital marketing it's um there will be a corporate side of it as well in business development um i'm with great people in there um they've looked after me you know in terms of of getting um into the bank is you know i'm really grateful for that and um you know again it's it's something that i suppose the gaelic has helped with as well you know and there's no point hiding that because it's um you know again it's if i didn't play gaelic you know what i mean i would have more time to put effort into something else and i think people forget that where you know they're of the opinion that uh, because he's plays for whatever he gets handy job he gets all this or whatever but you know ultimately we we're committed seven days a week and um to 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 a, to a cause that mm. you know that we care about and um we don't like we're not we're not going out to to steal people's jobs or to hurt people's feelings you know what i mean so um again it's i suppose it was an opportunity i couldn't turn down um you know, they're such a credible group, the Bank of Ireland, and obviously they have a strong links to the GA as well. And um, again, going in there, I'm going in there. Um, I suppose with a a new refound confidence, as if you like. And um, again, I'm going to bring probably qualities that I've um, that I've obtained from travelling, and um, I suppose now I'm 27. That the leadership skills that I've learned through football and um, again, I just try want to try and be as, mm-hmm. as successful as I can and work as hard as I do on the pitch with the Bank of Ireland. Yeah, that's one of the things I love. If it's like you know, if it's work or if it's traveling or if it's football, when you actually get to that stage where you start realizing that they overlap in many ways uh-huh. and that lessons from one walk of life can help you in the other one. Uh-huh. And you you just mentioned the word the word leadership, and it was something that we spoke to Brendan Marr in the second episode quite a bit around. What's your just because I'm, I'm going to wrap up now? Next yeah. minutes. What's your what's your take on leadership, or what's your understanding of a good leader? Um, good leader. I suppose it's it's somebody. I suppose from myself, um, and and from what I've learned from people who I think are good leaders. Um, who are they? Well, I would look at the likes of um, Kieran McGinney, yeah. for example. Um, who has took a lot of criticism, mm-hmm. but continues to do what he believes is right. Um, you know, he has his plan, he has his goal set out. Um, you know, he wants the best for, for everyone else. Um, he, I suppose you're trying to put your ego aside um, as much as possible and, and doing what's right for the cause. And um, Again, just working hard. I suppose not talking too much is another one too. I find that... It talk is cheap as well. Yeah, so sometimes that it's just actions speak louder than words. Exactly. Um and again, helping people in the right way. Um 
and and just being just being good a good person. I think ultimately on and off the pitch is, is a good leader. You know. No, it's really interesting. Well, this is the last thing I'm going to finish up with. It's it's something that I've been doing with all the lads. So I don't know if you if you've been listening or if you've seen it, but basically what I've been doing is is pulling two pictures together. Right. Um. So obviously on your left is after your championship <laughs> debut in 2010. Yeah. And the one on the right is, is you this season, far more recently. Uh-huh. And the question I've just been putting to the lads, because we, we've touched upon it a few times and sort of the, the lessons that you learn and sort of the different perspectives you take as, as you particularly grow up in a, in a sporting environment. Or, yeah. and you, just, you learn those lessons. But what's the what's the big one that if you had to take one thing with you or if you had to put it this way, if I put you in front of a classroom and said share a lesson with, with the kids there, yeah. what would it be for you? In, ter- in terms of the separation from the, both pictures? From you just, I suppose I just from your journey from then to now, really. Because um, you strike me as someone who's a lot more comfortable in his own skin. With, yeah. Um, yeah again, just, again, I suppose it's just being honest honest with yourself. Um, don't worry about making mistakes. Mistakes happen. Um, you know, no matter how big the mistake is, that, you know, you can always rectify it. And, you know, people, people will always will always forget anyway you know so um just again as, as try and be as best you can be and be as honest as you can to yourself um you know onto your onto your close friends that um who do care for you and, and care for the people close to you um and I think ultimately that you know that that'll stand by to you you know in, in your future and, and for your life yeah just to add one more point on that one do you think the fear of making mistakes or being judged for doing something incorrectly, do you think that scares people off doing things that they want at times? Um, I do, yeah. Mm. I, I have seen it. Seen it a lot. I think you see it on a day to day basis where where people are probably, you know, sit in the comfort zone and, and don't come out of their out of that out of that shell. Um, and I, I think, I suppose from personal experiences, is trying to realize things that you're capable of doing and. And learning things that you probably would have never thought you could have done, and um, I suppose, like for example, I think that's where the whole Gaelic thing comes mm-hmm. back. Whereas, like, I'm proud of Jamie Clark, the footballer, but I still think that I want to be Jamie Clark to something else, and um, I still think I can offer more to that. And again, it's going to take time to learn, and again, I'm I'm open about learning, and I'm happy to start wherever you know that that may be, and. Um, again, it's just being being open and being honest to yourself, and and you know, and, and being humble and as humble as possible. You know, I think as conversations go, that's just that's the perfect way to, to wrap things up. Like, again, as I said it already, but just in terms of I suppose the different the different characters I've been fortunate enough to to meet and, and have a conversation with over the last couple of weeks. And I just want to thank you for your for your time today, for your input and honesty into that. Some very different outlook and I'm sure people are listening thinking about stuff that they thought about doing before that didn't um, I, I always I always talk about the itch like when you have an itch and if it goes away after a week or two let it go but if it's still there after a couple of months maybe you need to look at, at doing it um, and there's just loads there around if it's around leadership and, and being yourself and just want to again just thank you for your honesty within that um, and for your input and I look forward to seeing you in action on the field during the season ahead as a but as a, well, as a player, I wouldn't be too overly enthusiastic about it. But as a fan and someone watching the game, you're someone I always, I've always loved watching. And I, I love the freedom and abandon you play with at times. And I think our games would be much stronger for that. But also just to wish you the best of luck in your own personal life. And as you touched upon there, whatever that something is and whatever you explore and go after, um, I've no doubt you'll be a success at it. And I look forward to seeing how that evolves for you, both on and off the pitch. So thank you again for your time. And we'll talk to you down the line, all right? Cheers, Alan. Thank, thank you very you. much. Well, that's that for another week, folks. And I really hope you enjoyed this Real Talk with Jamie Clark as much as I did. Make sure you don't miss out on any future episodes by heading over to realtalks.ie to subscribe to the show. Or just search for Real Talks on whatever platform you are listening on today. There you can also find previous episodes with Tipperary's Brendan Marr, Dublin's Kevin McMenamin and Wicklow's John McGrath. Three fascinating characters who cover topics like leadership, resilience and finding a balance between sport and life. If you want to get in touch, you can get me on Twitter at AOMTheCat or through at RealTalksIRL. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Kelly Bradshaw Dalton, for supporting and believing in the show. You can check out their website at kbd.ie 
for all your property needs, be that buying, selling, renting, or managing property. My name is Alan O'Mara, and you've been listening to an episode of the Real Talks podcast.